This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello. So, Caps fans, hopefully you're having a great day. And you know what would make it better? What's that? Gambling on DraftKings Sportsbook and using code THPN to get an amazing bonus. So it's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sports app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week and your team and if your team makes it you rein in $100 that's right all it takes for one is for one three-pointer to be hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100 sounds like a no-brainer because it is the slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever so head to the app store now download the DraftKings sportsbook app and get in on all of the action if basketball isn't for you DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds on hockey, soccer, and much more. DraftKings has paid out DraftKings has paid out over seven billion dollars to its customers since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get your shot to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars when you bet on any team to hit a three pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code THPN for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Remember, that's code THPN. Use the DraftKings Sportsbook app for all new customers. You get basically 1 to 100 odds if you use code THPN. So do it and thank us later. Thank us later. Absolutely. Uh, Polly, I mean, I think that that's a good good chance to just kind of pop it open here, huh? Yep. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans. Well, today we have, as per tradition, an incredible, incredible episode for you. Would we bring you anything less? <laughs> Hopefully we're talking to you and uh, we have, you know, beat the shit out of the Penguins at least once, if not twice, depending on when you're taught, when you're listening to us. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm confident in the four and for sure this week. So hopefully I don't sound like a fucking idiot at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, depending on when you listen, we could be zero and one or zero and two. Um, but you know, if, if you're on time with us, hopefully we're one and zero, preparing to go two and zero on the week. Let's go. So today in the hockey troll hip check, we're actually going to talk, and it's kind of timely because we've we've got the the pins twice this week. We're going to um, just beat the dead horse of the OV versus Crosby debate, and I'm pretty sure you can tell what side we're going to be on for the hockey troll hip check. And 
Polly is going to finish up uh, his tribute to Black History Month and talk about the remaining black players that the uh, Caps have had on their roster. So, you know, it's going to be a good one. Absolutely. Um, Two very interesting, one more than the other worthy topics. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're off. And the one that's not worthy is definitely the one that I'm going to be doing in the Hockey Troll Hip Check. You know, I think that it's, it's, you know what, I don't know. Should we just get into it? Yeah. All right, here we go with the Hockey Troll Hip Check for this week. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. I mean, an adage as old as time. Who is the better player, Crosby or Ovechkin? So here's the thing, Polly. I think that there's a lot of minutia in this in this conversation because they're two, for one, completely different players. I don't think that anybody who takes hockey debates seriously is really interested in comparing a winger to a center. I agree. Very different roles. Right. And... You know, of course, we're going to have to just fall into it because it's it's interesting and hot, and and you do it does beg the question, right? Who's a better whatever? Uh, so, <clears throat> I I am going to phrase this argument or frame this argument in the following: Ovechkin is the more historically important figure in hockey. Crosby's a great talent. You know, it's probably it's probably the only time you're ever going to hear me like give props to Crosby. But Crosby's a great player, um, a generational talent for sure. Um, dominated in his time, but I don't believe that his skill set, or I don't believe that his achievements are going to transcend like the greatest of all time category. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just going to be another guy listed in that same archetype. You know, he was that guy of his generation. Yeah. He was, you know, he was a Messier. He was a Sackick. But I think he is easily transitioning into the next him with Connor McDavid and even Nathan McKinnon. There is no true next OV that we have seen. That's incredibly well put, dude. I mean, let's break it down. So this all started because, Polly, you decided to ruin my fucking day and (laughs) and show some dickbags tweet that said something along the lines of, like, Alex Ovechkin has 1,292 points in 1,163 games. And Crosby has 1,278 points, still less, still less in aggregate than Ovi in a 1,000 games. So it's the point per game argument, which is dumb as fuck. Uh, You know, I could go play a game in the NHL and get three points, all phantom assists, and I would have more points per game than these, than both of these guys. Yeah, and you know, um, 
it it's in the, like along the lines of the original part of your segment different roles right obviously the center is expected to first of all centers get more shifts than wingers do mhm and the center is expected to be involved of more of the play yeah he's supposed to quarterback the play so having a centerman with a lot of assists seems very par for the course yeah. Whereas Ovechkin plays the non-scoring wing, the left wing. The left wing is the not not the scoring wing. The right wing traditionally has the more goals <clears throat> in hockey. Look that up. That's data I've got I've pulled from years ago, but that is pretty par for the course. So, you know, as Ovechkin has revolutionized the position, yeah, we're getting more left like one time one timers from the left, but so I'd be interested to see what that is, that, that how that how those numbers look today. But as of you know three or four years ago, three years ago, when I've I've debated this so many times, um, the left wing was not the scoring wing, um, more of a checking and and setup wing. Just points in general do not funnel to the left side. That being said, you know I've done and quick plug. I've done. I me and Berlansky went head to head on this. Um, last season for the Patreon and I kicked his ass, uh, just up and down. I don't think it was even a contest. Hmm. <laughs> Berlansky probably said the same thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and this is why this is kind of fun, but also just an act in futility, right? Because the, the people who were leaning towards Crosby's the best player of all time, those mouth breathers are, are going to side with Crosby. And then the smart, intelligent people who actually know about hockey, they're going to be, okay, look, Ovechkin's special. So that's that's where I'm arguing from, and that's the frame. So I'm giving you the frame of point, and the subject that we're arguing here is that who is going to be more historically important and who is going to be the one who's who is remembered with more, <clears throat> I guess, uh, clout and more, who's going to be more like honorable here. <laughs> yeah. Paul, and as Paulie would say. So again, we go back to points per game. Who gives a literal fuck? Uh, I do not subscribe to the notion that being injured should give you an advantage. In fact, it should be the opposite. Uh, the more games that a player plays and still puts up points in that consistent manner, like Ovechkin has should be, that should be the end of it. I don't want to hear like, oh, well, Crosby played 163 less games. Crosby played 163 less games because he admired his fucking passes and got and ran into David Steckel and then got hit from behind. Uh, you know, when you're running your mouth and diving all over the ice, sometimes you become a target. I don't know. To be 163 games less while, you know, he should really probably only be like what? 80 games behind, if that, 60 games behind Ovi. Because Ovi, no, they started the same season. Stupid me. Because yeah, because of the lockout. Yeah. Yeah, because so, there was a, a, they were <laughs> neck and neck for Calder. Right, exactly. And speaking of which, we'll get to that a little later. Um, <clears throat> so let's move on. Ovechkin's goals, 712. The last 700 goal guy we saw was what Yager yeah and I don't think anyone else before that uh I can't remember um Aginla 
No, I don't think Aginla even scored 700. Lemieux? Yeah, Lemieux. Early 2000s? Yeah, Lemieux, Gretzky. Uh, I'm not really sure we'll ever see that again in our lifetime. You know, that's something that may not ever happen again. Yeah, as, as the game has changed, I don't see... <sighs> Honestly, out of current players, the only one who I see having a chance, maybe McDavid, but I, I still don't think he will. Yeah, I mean, the 700 club is Mike Gardner, eighth all-time. So not even top 10. We're not even talking about top 10. But the 700 club is Mike Gardner, Alex Ovechkin, Phil Esposito, Marcel Dion. Okay, Brett Hall. We saw Brett Hall. <clears throat> and he had 741. Uh, you might not have seen Brett Hall. You remember Brett Hall? Well, he was, what, late 90s? In early 2000s. He played with Detroit for a little bit, too. But the Stars... The Blues. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely was watching, but I, I didn't. Right. He didn't stand down to me. Yeah, I, mean, I was younger. Was... Like I was just glued to like Sackick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then there's Yager, Gordy Howe, and then Wayne Gretzky, right? With eight hundred ninety four, insane. Um, <clears throat> so only Ovechkin's only the second guy in the post lockout era, really. Yes. Like with the really since the since the lockout scoring goals has been harder. Yeah, and Ovechkin is the only one to have scored 700 or more. Yeah. Only. And Yager played, but he played pre-lockout. You know. <clears throat> so there's your there's your uh, I mean that's incredible since 2005. So that's 15 16 years of domination, okay? Yeah. Um Crosby, on the other hand, has a measly 468 goals. Now, I say measly, but, you know, let's let's put that into perspective. Patrick Marlowe has 563. Okay. Um, you know, Matt Sundin, you know, old school here, 564. You know, Yari Curry, fellow our, uh, Edmonton Oilers, 601. Mark Recchi, the wrecking ball himself, who played in Pittsburgh, 577. You know, Sackick, 625. I mean, again, 625. Andrew Chuck, 640. Shanahan, 656. Robitaille, uh, 668. You know, somebody that you may know. Solani, uh, 684. And I mean, even like Mario Lemieux, 690 goals. Stomps the shit. Out of out of out of Crosby right they now. Doubled right? him up. Yeah, like well. Oh no, not double. I'm no. sorry, two hundred more. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like over two hundred goals more in their career. <clears throat> I I don't know if Crosby is going to score six hundred goals. Yeah, I was actually while we were doing our research and stuff, I was looking at it, and uh, I don't think he'll catch Joe Sackick. Um, you know he's. And obviously that's important to me because I'm a big Joe Sackick fan. But, you know, just for a point of reference, Joe Sackick is top 15, top 20 in assists and goals. Right. You know, he's 300 games behind him, and he's still 400-plus points behind him, and he's 34. How many years does Crosby have left, especially with the injuries he's gone through? Right. What he has done has been special. But he has definitely not even gotten close to greatest of all time status. Sure. And 
<clears throat> you know, we could do era adjusted and whatever, but if we did that, then Ovechkin is better than Gretzky. That's, I mean, era yeah. adjusted. There's a hundred different ways you could account for era adjustments. And I would say nine out of 10 of them have OV over Gretzky now, right now. Speaking of, well, so on hockey reference, era adjusted, OV's at 826. So okay. he's one season away from Gretzky. Right. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, whatever, however that shakes out, you know, we're, we're speculating at this point, but let's talk about what's been done. Crosby's only played, going back to his injury woes, one full season. Ovi's missed less than 40 games due to injury. That is insane. I mean, we're talking a 16-year career here, folks. This is a... That's banana lands. That's uh, in a lot of the games that Ovi has missed is because he's just like, I don't feel like going to your all-star game. Like, right. as I'm going to rest. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've got, I've got like, uh, shit to do in Florida. Like, I want to go to the beach. <laughs> I want right. to take the family on vacation. <laughs> and, you know, you would think he'd get hurt more with the way he plays because he plays physical. He plays violent. Right. Yes, Crosby does get into the corners. He's pretty sure. tough on the wall. But he does not take the same – he does not take nor give out. And giving out the beating, you still take a beating. Sure. So I don't think he takes the kind of battering that Ovechkin has had, but he has still been more durable. Absolutely. Um, it, and that's – so, you know, the scoring aside, that's another thing that I think that historians will look back and be like, I can't believe that this guy played this way for so long Um I think that that's a huge bonus to Ovechkin's consistency, longevity, and being able to play as many games as he does. Again, I think that that's treading on territory and performing in the at the level he does, mixing the the performance, the physicality, and the consistency of being able to put that in night in and night out. I think that that's another thing that separates him from the pack. For sure. And, you know, one one point I wanted to add before you get to your next point. Mm-hmm. When you look at point totals, you know, so you can get secondary and primary assists. And right. this is where the point total can be misleading. I think assists are great. They're important. They deserve to be celebrated. I think that it's good that they give a primary and secondary assist. But here's the thing about your point total. Secondary assists could be something like a little chip pass, and then the next guy does the work and then feeds it for a goal. Sure. Assists can be a rebound goal. Assists can be you dump it in at the red line, a guy beats the defenseman, and then he feeds someone else in front. There, Crosby has a couple hundred at least almost two, I think, maybe more secondary assists. Right. So if hockey didn't record that secondary assist, which I'm sure Ovi has plenty himself. Right. But my point is secondary assists are important, but two guys can get credit for every goal as an assist, but only one guy can do that scoring. So it's statistically easier to get assists is what you're saying. Yes, it's <clears throat> it's harder to get the goal. You have to actually be there. 
Right. An assist can be, and Crosby's made plenty of great plays. Yeah, but primary the, assists are his majority, and we'll give him credit there. Yeah, but an assist can be as simple as you touch pass to a guy, someone else does the work. Sure. And so You're describing that, every point I had in college. Yeah. The secondary. So, I mean, <laughs> like I said, I'm not taking away from secondary assists, but when you look at points total, I think that is something you need to take into effect that even though they're 12 points apart, 300 of those points, Ovechkin has more goals there. Right. And I will concede that, you know, Crosby may be have the edge on playmaking ability or yeah. whatever, you know, that means. And hockey IQ, if you will. There's so many fucking hardos out there that are like, oh, hockey IQ, it's a, oh, he's such a, such a genius on, on skates. But here's the thing. All those hardos have probably never stood uh, on the on uh, on skates and tried to hammer home a one-timer that was traveling at them at snail's pace, much less something that was basically fired at them at shot-like speed yeah. at an NHL rink. Uh and then rifled it with deadly accuracy, um, you know, with the the at over over 100 miles an hour. The pass coming at you at like 40, hitting that, and then smacking that down to 100 miles an hour, you know, in a one timer situation. Absolutely, uh, I guarantee anybody. I would I would love I would pay money to have everyone who's talked about like Crosby's playmaking ability and his ability uh, to have awesome high. IQ and all this other crap uh, to just let me let me a washed up never has been bum beer league hero if you could even say that just feed you on the ice dimes and see how many no goalie how many one timers you would even get in the net much less in the air picking a corner yeah yeah and that that's probably you know Multiply that maybe 2.5, you know, two and a half times, and that's yeah. NHL speed. Right. Yeah. Probably more like 10 times, right? Like, yeah. I mean, come on. Um, and so, look, we're, I'll give – I mean, Crosby's a great player. We'll, we'll say that. But is he goat? Is he, like, up on this echelon? And, and look, I get he makes the guys around him better, like all that stuff. Like, I understand. I get it. But we're talking about individual effort here. We're talking about individual plays, right? Individual accolades. And speaking of those, just a just a hardware test straight up. OV has nine Richards. With just that one trophy that he's won nine times, he's almost eclipsed all of Crosby's hardware, individual hardware that he's ever won. <clears throat> all right, so here's the thing. OV has nine Richards. One Con Smythe, three Hart trophies, an Art Ross, a Calder, which he beat Crosby for, and three Ted Lindsay's. Okay. Crosby has a single Art Ross, three Ted Lindsay's, so that's a wash. Um a Hart, just but just two, a Messier for leadership, and then two Richards and two Con Smythes. Okay. One of those Con Smythes you could have said Kessel deserved. And the other con Smythe, okay, maybe he got it, but you look at those those Con Smythe trophies, 
And those are awarded after your team has won the cup. Only in one time in history, and that's Jaguar, has a player who did not win the cup win the Conn Smythe. Only one time in history. So, you know, you could almost say the Conn Smythe's a, a team achievement. It is. You know, and the Capitals have one cup. And so Ovi has 100% of Washington <laughs> Capitals' Conn Smythe's. That's true. Crosby only has two-thirds of well, he's been to four, so he's right. only won the con Smite in four appearances. Yeah, so Ovi's got him there on on uh, percentage. <laughs> yeah, so we're reaching a little bit on the con Smite stuff, yeah. but I do. I mean, you kind of got to think about this. And Crosby's team has been a little bit stronger in certain years, for sure, um, especially early on when they had uh, when they were uh, strong down the middle, but. That being said, man, I mean, you know, the bottom line is we're taking never-before-seen talent uh, versus a guy who does stuff that everyone has seen before. Uh, Many not nearly as good, and he's done it, you know, way better than some of these people who have done it before, yet they have still done it before, right? You don't – it's – it's and – I'm on my fucking, I'm on my soapbox right now, so I'm just going to continue this. But is it, Polly? do you think it's just like ignorance of the game that people don't understand how hard it is to just cross the blue line, rip a shot through the defenseman, and roof it bar down on an NHL goalie? They definitely don't understand. Yeah, I can't do that in, in beer league playing against 40-year-old bums. Uh, I, I, I don't know. And like you said in the last pod... I have a very hard shot, incredibly hard shot. And uh, I, have, uh, um, <laughs> I have the muscle composition of a elite power athlete. Not my words. That's 23 and me. Um, so I, I just, I don't see how you can fandom. I mean, I get, man, having the blinders on, being a supporter of your team, that's great. But I really think that people should take a more subject or objective look at this. Yeah, and you know, speaking of objectivity, two things in our stats comparison stood out to me. Yeah. All right, so first of all, people are always like, Ovi, if he didn't have power play, he wouldn't have all the numbers. Here is Alexander Ovechkin's even strength goals. He has uh, 446. Crosby has 323. That is 123 more even strength goals. All right. So that is, I think more than their game differential or close to. Yeah. It's a hundred something. Okay. Point shares. Ovechkin has 147 of offensive point share. Crosby has 127.1. So what do you mean by point shares? I don't know. That's what the, I think I think it's like their responsibility. I don't know what it means, but I know that Ovechkin has a higher number. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. Okay. Well, okay, yeah, you saw it was and, higher. That's good, Paul. And I can tell you just from watching. Yeah, right. Okay, forget that one. But Ovechkin has 123 more even strength goals, so you cannot chalk it up to his power play being the only reason he's where he is. Yeah, and, and he's he scores. It's clear here that the majority of the goals that he's scored have been even strength. 
a, yeah. a, a, a slight majority, yet the majority. And yes, he's a power play specialist. You, But it's been over a decade, folks. They know the shot's there. Like... The, and they, nobody has been, I mean, he just won the Richard last year. Nobody has been able to shut that down. Right. And, um, you know, I've watched a lot of Penguins hockey. I live an hour outside of Pittsburgh. I have my whole life. I can tell you from firsthand experience, Crosby has scored a lot of nice, talented goals. Sure. But he scores a lot of backdoor People forget he's there. Tap in shit. He's uh, yeah. He's opportunistic. Ovechkin and has sneaky. very few. They forgot he was there. Tap in goals. Right. He's double guarded, and you know the ones. Some of the most impressive are the ones that he scores like on the rush, and and it's just like yeah. How does that even? How does that even happen? Just crossing the blue line and letting one go and scoring. Insane. And then, you know, people watch and they want to criticize his defensers back checking, which has actually drastically improved the last sure. five or so years. Along with his playmaking ability. Yeah. Yes. He's he makes a lot of nice passes and sets up plays. He has adjusted. People have zeroed in on him, so he has become a better passer and taken advantage of people expecting him to shoot. People watch him and they think you know, he just kind of skates around. He has that hockey IQ. Sure. He uses it differently. Yeah. He kind of reads the play and he's waiting to jump on an opportunity. Hockey IQ, maybe Crosby does have him beat, but I think Ovechkin has a much higher IQ than people realize. He's just kind of, he's like a like a shark in the shallows. You know, he's just waiting for that opportunity. Right, right, like... And yeah, I mean, I think that physically and gameplay style, Ovechkin is just a much more aggressive player in the sense of having the ability and being confident in it to, like, like we said, just score goals at will. Whereas Crosby is, um, you know, he relies on a little bit more of misdirection and and being able to kind of move the play the way that he does. I, I don't. It's like like we said, two different players, but I think that the results at the end of the day kind of speak for themselves. It's mind-boggling to me that Crosby, as good as everybody says he is, has still not eclipsed um, Ovechkin in the points category. Because Ovechkin consistently scores less points than Crosby because of the assists. Yeah. It's mind-boggling to me that Crosby hasn't hasn't moved past that, hasn't, hasn't beaten Ovechkin. And... I would love it to see that, to see that oh, that both of them in their careers where Ovechkin's on top of the points category, because I think that 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 just really closes the book once you know the show's done, right? Absolutely, you know, and I I've said this before in arguments, maybe you know on Twitter and stuff, maybe even on the pod. Crosby is going to go down as as a legend, but he's going to be another Mark Messier, another Joe Sackick. He is going to be in that second tier of superstars. Right. That top tier, Ovechkin and Gretzky. Right. And like Lemieux-ish like yeah. territory. Right. I agree. And um, and second tier we're, we're really talking. 
second when you say second tier, yeah. that's like the elite of the generation. Exactly. But I'm saying like Ovechkin and Gretzky, those are like hockey gods. Exactly. They, that's what what I mean? like yeah, Crosby, he's elite of his time. Yeah. But like you said, Ovechkin will transcend that and he will be historically important. I think Ovechkin is in a group that no more than five in history are in that group. Yeah, I think that the closest person that we could really compare him to would be Gordy Howe. Rest in peace. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I, and I never saw Gordy play. Just from accounts of his ability to score, his ability to bang, and then his his longevity, his just consistency. Gordy Howe played like eight decades or something like Gordy Howe played until yeah. he was like 70. It's, it seemed I, like. I think he suited up for the <clears throat> Whalers in his fifties. Yeah. Insane. I think he played no five helmet. different decades. Yeah. Like no helmet out there. I think, and he played with his son, I think is what the, yeah. the whole thing was. So consider this horse dead and beaten to a pulp. It's basically a horse hamburger at this point. But whenever we see it on Twitter, we get fired up. And it comes back. <laughs> Absolutely a triggering mechanism for us, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we've, we've, like I said, beat this long enough. Uh, my arm is broken from beating it so hard. Uh, let's listen to our, let's get our ad in and then we'll move Oh, wait, on. hold on. One oh. more quick thing. Okay. We're not done beating it. Let's go. Okay. Crosby has played 32 more playoff games in his career. Mm-hmm. Yet. Ovechkin has one more goal in 32 less games. 69. Nice. Nice. (laughs) All right, let's go. All right, here we go. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, like, I like Pinto, and I, I remember everyone, like... And this is the thing that I think Sense fans need to start realizing. We need to stop looking at the draft. We really need to stop looking at a player being like, he was drafted way too early. You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone. Sixth round pick, and now he's making $9.5 million. Pajot, drafted, I think, in the fifth round and making $5 million. Hoffman... Welcome to the Sense Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin, but now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. All right, so that's the Sens Hour podcast. If you're into the Senators, check them out. That's the uh, that's the uh, the sister capital. If you didn't know, the sister, the little sister capital in Canada of uh, the two countries that play in the NHL. So, 
Pretty interesting there. Polly, did you know that Ottawa was the capital of Canada? Yes, I did. I okay. think a lot of people mistakenly think it's Toronto. Idiots. But also very well warranted because, you know, Ottawa versus Toronto. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if people mistake, like, New York for our capital, if they're from other countries. Like, someone from, like, France. You know, like, I wouldn't be too upset if they thought New York was our capital. Wait, wait, wait. Why did you single out the French? I don't know. I was just... <laughs> did you just pick that out of your... Like, you randomly? Or I was, was just there, like... thinking of a European country. Okay. You don't have, like, some deep-seated hatred towards the French? No, I mean, I think <laughs> I uh, I love that Michael Phelps shit on the French team in one of the Olympics when they were all talking shit on him, but I mean... It's a pretty French thing to do. I think it'd be pretty cool to go to France one day. Of course, Let's I go. hear it's pretty dirty. But why? Paris, from first-hand accounts. From, of who? Americans who have been there. People Who the that fuck I know. do you know went to Paris? I know a couple people. Let's oh. not. Let's, let's. We don't need to name drop. Okay, in this fair situation. Enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's as dirty as any other uh, major city. I don't know if you've ever been to New York City. Have you? No, but I'm sure there's pretty gross shit there too. Okay. Yeah, New York City is is a cesspool. Okay, it's disgusting. Um, no offense. There are. It's but it's a big city. DC's got some pretty gross things yeah but, you know. i've seen some pretty weird stuff in dc pittsburgh columbus Cincinnati. I mean, pittsburgh pittsburgh's probably by far the worst but yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah so anyways i'm i'm hungry you got any snacks mm, i got something for you It's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. All right, folks. So, started this last week. Um, yeah. It was part one of our Black History Month tribute to the black players who have played for the Washington Capitals. There have been 11 in our history. Uh, Just a quick reminder of who we talked about last week. The second black player to ever play in the NHL, Mike Marson. He debuted with the Capitals in the inaugural 1974 season. Same season, Bill Riley also played for the Washington Capitals. And Reggie Savage, who was there in the 90s. Anson Carter, who I'm sure almost everybody knows because he's an analyst for NBC. Yep. Jason Doig. And Mike Greer. Um, So that was part one. And we are moving into part two. Um, Hopefully I sound a little more prepared this time. I was... (laughs) Reading off of tweets, I I have put a lot of a lot of effort and research into the tweets. Yeah, um, absolutely. But uh, I just probably didn't sound as good as I should have. Well, we it's just it's all about flow, Polly. Because yeah. you know, we are we are just kind of 
having a one-sided conversation, right? So you kind of want to... Right. Yeah. You're talking at people. It was a little too listy, right? Yeah. 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 And it, 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 we could tell you were just reading off of something. Yeah. Well, so, you know, this is Sunday when we record. Um, Up to this point, I have put out a tweet for everyone except our final guy who should have been tweeted by the time this episode drops. But so the first person on part two is Jean-Luc Grandpierre. So as the name might suggest, he's from Montreal. Um, He was drafted by the Blues in 1995, 179th overall. He spent six seasons in the NHL, Buffalo, Columbus, Atlanta, and then he finished with a 13-game stint in D.C. He racked up 269 games in that time. And in those games, he had 20 points. And uh, one of those points was a shorthanded goal. 311 penalty minutes. Um, While he did play 269 games in the NHL... He had 895 professional games spanning across uh, multiple uh, leagues, AHL and and more. And in that time, he had 69 goals, nice, mm. uh, 96 assists, 262 penalty minutes. Um, so, you know, pretty decent NHL career, way better than I could ever hope for. And in it, like I said, he had a a long six hundred plus game pro career outside of the NHL. Um, right. And before the NHL, you know, he put up four or ninety five points in four years in the QMJHL. Arguably, the best, you know, depending on where you're from in Canada, but a very good juniors league. At that point, it was probably the cream of the crop. Yeah. So I mean that. <clears throat> That is all extremely impressive shit. Yeah, really cool. And he was a uh, uh, the the highlight that you shared was him like beating the crap out of a penguin. So you got to love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I I cut the part where he threw a dirty hit. So you know he, he you know he he threw a, a questionable hit, but he he answered the bell, and right. uh, you know he. But that's dirty, probably to our standards, today's standards, or was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was what is because I was like probably back in the nineties, dude. Yeah, like, so you know, it was definitely pre lockout. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, pretty good career there, and you know, we only had him for thirteen games, but got that awesome highlight of him beating up a penguin, and that <laughs> video is on our TikTok. I think I put it on Instagram too. Yeah. So you want to see him beat up a penguin? <clears throat> check it out. At Caps Chirp. Yeah. Follow us. Everything. Yep. So the next guy we have um, is you got to love this next guy though. Oh yeah. This guy. Okay. Let's get him in. Tell Donald Brashear. He's an American. And out of the places in America, he's from Indiana, Bedford, Indiana Whoa. native, undrafted. This guy was undrafted, and yet he still carved out a 1,025-game career. He's the only 1,000-game guy on the list. Wow. 
He uh, started his NHL career in 1992 when he was signed by Montreal. Um, like I said, even though he was undrafted, he carved out a thousand plus games, and in that time, he put up 205 points, which included 13 game-winning goals and 2,634 penalty minutes. He was quite the enforcer. Uh, plenty of videos of him beating the crap out of guys. He's also probably pretty well known for one of the dirtiest plays in history when uh, McSorley tried to fight him and Brashear wouldn't fight him. And yep. so he just smacked him across the head with his stick. Um, there's a, He's Insane. in one of the documentaries. Is it maybe it's Ice Guardians? Mm. McSorley feels terrible for what he did. Um, doesn't excuse it. Um, but, I mean, if you look it up, it's... It's heinous. It's a terrible moment. Um, right. But still, 205 points in 1,000 games, that is, that's pretty darn good for an enforcer. That's what, a, a point every four games, right? Or every five games? Yeah. Um, and that that was the big thing about Donald Brashear is that, like, he, you know, he trained with boxers. I think I heard that it was Joe Frazier. He used to, he used to box with Joe Frazier, like, on the off season. So he knew his role, but you know, he wasn't just that guy. Right. He had, you know, no one. And if you've watched any, any movies or researched anything about enforcers of the time, there were dominant players. I mean, there were NHL players, uh, anybody, even back in the nineties, anybody who got to the NHL level at one point in their life had to play some, really good hockey in their career and at a high level, you know, levels that most people, um, you know, would have been today, probably like D like good D one club or hockey. So like, you know, big 10 D one hockey or better or Ivy league hockey, uh, or some sort of insane juniors. Right. So like the Quebec major or the, O. um, so it's interesting, you know, so these players that are enforcers are, are never single facet, even though their time in the spotlight may have been earned by throwing, throwing ham Sammy or throwing knuckle Sammy's right. Exactly. It's, it's not like they're Doug Glatton goon where they're out there just because they can fight. They had right. to prove that in addition to fighting, they would contribute to the team. Which Brashear did in so many ways, and and to say he's one of the baddest men to ever lace him up is no understatement. Absolutely. In, I mean, one last thing. Sorry, he, the way that he fought was so meticulous and thought out too. Like he was a fighter. He fought to win, and it's like a science. Yeah, like I mean, because you can see whenever if you watch his his fight highlights, he is so strong. He lets the other guy kind of get worn out and just rope a dopes the shit out of him. You know, he like lets him punch a couple times, dodges him, dodges him, dodges him, and then just comes in and just it's a beatdown sesh. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing Donald Brashear lose a fight. I'll be honest. I, I really don't. I think the only time I ever saw him on his back was in McSorley through that unbelievable cheap shot. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the Caps were lucky that, that they got him, you know, and 
they had him for three years, and in that three years, he put up or he played two hundred and twenty games, and he had twenty five points. One of those was a game winning goal, and three hundred ninety six penalty minutes. Um, in nineteen ninety seven ninety eight, he actually won the honor of the NHL's most penalized prayer pl- prayer mm-hmm. player. Um, and to go back to your point of guys proving themselves before they got to the NHL, he represented Team USA in the 1997 World Championships. So that was actually the year prior to being the most penalized guy. Um, but so obviously, USA Hockey thought he was good enough to represent the country. Sure. And during the lockout year... He went up and played in the Liga Norte Americana de Hockey. Uh, it's a Quebec league. Um, it actually kind of has a reputation, I think, as more of a... It was a little bit more of an aggressive bruiser league. Right. But he was on the winning team that year with Quebec Radio X. Forgive me. I'm I'm not a French guy. So, <laughs> uh, But he was also a QMJHL champion. 1991 92 so yeah he could kick ass but he could play hockey yeah absolutely and um you know there's a ton of stuff recently within the past couple years that came out about him um you know kind of being down i guess uh but hopefully he's doing good out there and, and it's interesting to see i mean uh definitely a legend i don't think that you know obviously like we said he made his name fighting but lot more there to him. Yeah, and you know, everybody on this list is deserves praise. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. especially carving out an 1000 game career. Yeah. You know, uh kid from Indiana. Right. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Sure. Sure. And so we go from one well-known guy to probably a very another well-known guy. Definitely to more recent Caps fans, for sure. Yeah, this guy actually did rock the red. Yeah. Uh, Joel Ward, he's a North York, Ontario native. Uh, He had a successful amateur career, but he still was not drafted. His pro career career began in 2005 when the AHL Houston Arrows signed him to his first pro contract. And he started in the NHL the next year, 2006. Um, he played from 2006 to 2018. And in that time, he played with Minnesota, Nashville, Washington, and then finished up with the Sharks. He carved out a 726-game career with 304 points, so just about half a point a game. Of those points, he had two hat-tricks, 23 game-winning goals. He had 261 penalty minutes, 498 blocked shots, and 557 hits. When I look at these stats, that shows a very well-rounded part of a team. That That is a solid third-line winger in my mind. Oh, yeah. And, you know... Dude, Wardo was the man. Not only that, just an incredible teammate, I think, to all the boys. Uh, he, um, <laughs> and 
I loved his style. Big dude, bruiser, not not afraid to get in there in the corners and, and grind it out. Uh, speaking of game-winning goals, uh, do you want to – I don't want to blow the lead here. Oh, sure. Yeah, so this this actually isn't even included in the stat because it was in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of his – probably his most notable moment as a capital was when he – well, I guess this would have been 2013 because Bruins won in 12. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So the year after the Bruins won the Cup, he beat Tim Thomas in Game 7 uh, to send the defending champs home and the in Caps on to the second round. Yeah, yeah, in OT. Man, I remember being at a, a bar and it was pretty dead. And that goal happened and I lost my shit and was like, ah, screaming. And people were like, what? Yeah, people are just like, you're, you need to go home, you're drunk. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right, but fuck you, I'm celebrating here. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. Boston goes home, you know, Caps, you know, I, it sucks because Ward was such a good part of the team and he just, we, I would have loved to see him win it with us, but, you know, with those, with players that are kind of like on that, out of that top six you know, yeah. you have to make hard decisions sometimes. And those are the those are the guys, even though I think it's a bit foolish, that management thinks they can shuffle. Right. In some cases, yeah, but in others, you know, it's the right quote unquote business move. But yeah, you know, uh I guess I, I don't know. What I loved the coverage of the team when he was around, like, because you know, this is at the point where everybody was in their prime, you know. Yeah. All our studs were in their prime. You had like him and Jason Chimera had a good relationship, the Ice Cheetah, uh, and they played together. I mean, just an, a really good chemistry team guy, man. Yeah, and uh, again, on our, our TikTok, uh, we posted a video of that game-winning goal of Wardo. So you check it out. Um, you know, in addition to this 700-plus game career um, – when he was in juniors, he played. He was in the OHL for the Owen Sound Attack, and then he played Canadian college hockey for the University of Prince Edward Island Panthers. That's a lot of words. <laughs> uh, in that time, he was a second team All Star twice, a first team All Star once. And he received the Don Wells Trophy twice, which is most sportsmanlike player, and the R.W. Pugh, which is another sportsmanlike. I think one of them is conference, one of them is national. Some of okay. the wording was kind of hard for me to figure out. Right. Um, and then he won the Kelly Trophy as an MVP. So, uh, very successful college career. And then he represented Team Canada at the World Championships. I forgot to put it in the outline, but I think it was 2013-14, if I remember correct. Well, I guess it would just be 14, because it's like a two-week tournament in May. Um, But while he was there, he was selected as one of the top three players of the team. So, uh, you know, he contributed in juniors, in college, pro... For Team Canada, and now he is with the Henderson Silver Knights as an assistant coach, and um, I'm sure 
most people listening to this saw him in the news. Yeah. Back in January, the Golden Knights were not able to field their coaching staff due to COVID, so the GM was head coach, and the Henderson coaching staff were the assistants. So Joel Ward has coached in the NHL as well as being full-time AHL coach. So he's pretty much done it all. Yeah, and you know what the the awesome part like with the sportsmanship awards is that, like that shit goes all the way through his career. You always felt like Joel Joel Ward was just like an awesome dude, really down to earth, willing to give back, and he's done that ever since leaving DC. He's still involved in charities, still, you know, trying to um promote diversity within hockey. Get kids, you know, especially, you know, people of color, like, involved in mm-hmm. hockey. So, I love him. I I wish we had more time with him, but that's how the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, and, and to your point, uh, given his skin color, and he's even admitted this, he has dealt with a lot of hateful and ignorant comments sure. throughout his career. And the fact that even though he has dealt with that, he was still sportsmanlike enough to win awards for it. He is obviously a high-quality human being. Sure. Absolutely. In addition to being a stud. Yeah. Right, right. So, the next two guys we have are still current players or... um, well, the last guy. In some guy. way, shape, or form, depending yeah. on what league, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have Madison, is it Bow or Bowie? Bowie. Madison Bowie. Madison Bowie. Yeah. Uh, he is a Winnipeg, Manitoba native, and he was a Capitals draft pick in 2013. He went 53rd overall. And so he is, um, I think... No, wait, never mind. I thought that he at one point had had roots in Pittsburgh. But I think I'm wrong. Never mind. Okay. Uh, So he was with Washington Mm -hmm. in the 2017-18 and part of 18-19 season. He was traded in 2019 to Detroit for a second round pick or with a second round pick to... Detroit for Nick Jensen in a fifth round pick. So, uh, you know, I guess you can look at the stats and decide if it was or wasn't good a pick or was or wasn't a good trade. Um, but you know, above all else, he's a Stanley Cup champion. Yep, and now he's with Chicago this year. Yes, so he he signed with Chicago this off season. Um. So far, you know, he's been in the NHL since 2017. He's had a, he's got 156 games under his belt and he's got 40 points, 104 penalty minutes, one game winning goal. Um, you know, I think that's you know, 150 games in 4 years. I, he's he's played some time in the AHL as well. Uh, I think all three teams he's been with it's been some AHL and NHL time, so he's still, you know, working for a full-time spot. But, um, you know, Stanley Cup champion, and he's still relevant. 
been well, drafted in 2000. So he's been he's been around for eight years. Um, you know he's doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, I feel like he's just never found his niche yet. Like he just yeah. hasn't found a full t- and you know the chips are always stacked against you if you play for the Caps or you get drafted. You're a young guy in the Caps. You know you really have to make a splash. Um, I think Bowie. I love his skating style. He's speedy, physical. I just think that um. Some about him, like you know, I don't, I don't know if it was consistency or what, but still a young player, still gonna have a good career, I think. Um, I'd love to see him at a full time, all like you know, a, a full time position in the NHL. You know, yeah, I think he just needs to find his fit. Yeah, you know, I think that's just how it is for some guys. Right, exactly. Because um, he's kind of always been like that bubble guy, you know. Like, right, you know, like Juice is kind of like that, Christian Juice. You yeah. know, he. He's bounced around a little bit, and I think he's with Detroit as well. Right. Uh, well, yep. not well, as well, because Bowie's with Chicago now. But, yeah, so, you know, sometimes guys are good enough. They're just not on the right roster. Exactly. Um, and, you know, in addition to Bowie's NHL career, he was a gold medalist thrice with Team Canada. The Hlinka Memorial Tournament. That, that's an amateur summer tournament. Mm-hmm. And then the following winter, he got a U18 World Junior gold medal. And then a couple years later, he was a part of the, you know, the World Junior team for a gold. Uh, and while he was in juniors, he played in the 2012-13 CHL Top Prospects game. In 2013-14, he was a WHL West second All-Star team member. And in 2014-15, he was on the CHL Memorial Cup All-Star team, WHL West first All-Star team, and a WHL champion. So, he's, he's accomplished a lot and he's got plenty of time to do more. Absolutely. Good luck to him and I'd love to see him, like I said. Uh, crack a lineup and stay there. And who knows? Maybe uh, as as the core ages, maybe he could funnel his way back to Washington. Yes, anything's possible, man. That's for sure. And last but certainly not least, <laughs> Devonte Smith Pelly, the man DSP. I think we all love him. Yeah, I mean, a guy who played a role during the 2018 season and then you go into the playoffs and just just lit a fire under him man that fourth line Absolutely. so important throughout the whole playoff run um and then you know what do i got here oh man i thought i had oh no i have newspaper clippings downstairs i need to put in but he's he's right here up on the wall uh front and center man so, so awesome to see uh, such a pivotal point, like such a big part of the of the cup winning team. You know, without him, I don't know if we could do it. Absolutely, um, and we'll get into that with his little bio here. Yeah, um, and I just say little bio because there's probably way more I could have said. Right, I just condense it. Um, but so he's a Scarborough, Ontario native. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was reading that you know, he's a month older than me. Makes me like feel like a super accomplished hockey player <laughs> watching him f- 
from my TV, you know, just <laughs> it, it kind of sucks. I mean, it's even worse now that half the NHL is younger than me. Right. But just watching guys, it's like, oh, he's woe my is age. you. Woe is you, Paul. Well, you know, it you just. Know, you know, I was born in 1987, bud. Yeah, it's even worse for you. Yeah. Sidney Crosby was born that same year, just so you know. Yeah. We that, were just talking about that guy. That hurts. <laughs> um, so he was drafted number 42 overall by the Ducks. And again, not to make this about me, but he was getting drafted. And that same time, I was working minimum wage, picking up trash at 6 a.m. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that, you know, uh, just goes to show how, how special NHL athletes are. Um, but so he was picked by the Ducks, number 42 overall in 2010. And, uh, you know, prior to getting drafted, he, he played in the, the OHL. I put PHL. That's that's a typo. He played in the OA, the OHL for the Mississauga St. Michael's Majors. Mm-hmm. Um, and his pro career started in 2011 and 12. He started off with Ducks and also spent time in the AHL with the Syracuse Crunch that year. Uh, from 2012 to 2017, he bounced between the NHL and AHL. And the NHL teams he played for in that time frame were the Ducks, the Canadians, and New Jersey. And he, you know, spent some AHL time in there as well. He finally made his debut with Washington in 2017-18. Couldn't have come at a better time. Um, and, you know, while his primary role was big body, checking, fourth liner, you know, just get out there and, you know, contribute don't make mistakes that's your fourth line guys you know right. just get out there and get it deep get it deep couple and, big hits yeah, get off you know shut down the 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 stars if coach trusts you with that um but he proved to be one of the most important pieces of the cup run he had seven goals in the 24 game playoff which included two game winners and then in the actual Stanley Cup itself, the Capitals played five games. He had three goals in five games. Um, has to be one of the most overachieving fourth liners in Stanley Cup history. Sure. Um, you know, he he's a Stanley Cup champion. And his NHL career is 395 games, 101 points. 137 minutes in in the box, you know, and I, I don't think I'm alone in saying that I wish he was still with the team. You know, I, I think well, with every cup, you know, and I know we brought him back for one more year. Right. But, you know, things change. It's a business. I get that. Yeah. Uh, but I loved seeing him play. He was, he was fun. He was tough. Yeah. And, and it sucks because, uh, you know, he, he showed a lot of promise, I think, in his previous teams. Comes to D.C., wins the Cup, and then comes to camp, like, quote-unquote, out of shape. Gets healthy scratched a couple times. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it's 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 tough to see. And I think now he's playing in Kunlun, China. Uh, yeah, his last stats were the KHL. Yeah, so, you know, good for him still playing hockey. Uh, man, but I, he was... Just electric for sure. 
Um, yeah. Forever going to go down history as, as a Washington Capitals in the sense of uh, his his greatest impact, I think. Um, you know, and and again, kind of like uh, uh, Madison Bowie, he's, he was looking for a home, you know. Uh, he had every contract he had signed was like one year and he could never really hammer it down. But he made the most of it in D.C., I think. Got yeah. a cup. And then the next year, uh, just, you know, we just let him go in free agency. So, you know, I know these guys have big plans for their careers, but yeah. I can tell you as a hockey player myself, looking at what they have for career stats in a Stanley cup, I would take that, <laughs> you know, yeah. obviously yeah. they want more, but what they have done is absolutely a success. Yeah, sure. And I mean, you know, he might have been playing it right. Maybe he's he's uh invested his money well and he's kind of just chilling, you know. <laughs> yeah, and who knows, maybe being in China, aside from the game itself, maybe that's just like a super fun life experience. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? He's still young too, you know. He's probably big on fanfare too, being being a foreigner. You know, I bet yeah, people love in China, him. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, um, you know, so I guess just to wrap it all up, you know, the the Caps have had 11 black players in their history. They had um, they had two in their first season. They have one of the, the guys on this list played 1,000 games, and two of the guys have Stanley Cups. You know, the, yep. the Capitals have – I was looking at the list, I think um, – it was like 25 guys, players, made the cup, you know, and two of them are, are black players. So that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, it's good. I, obviously, there's always room to grow in that aspect. Uh, you know, I know that Siegenthaler right now with the Caps, uh, well, he's not a he's not a, a black player. He uh, I think he's like Thai and Swiss. So, yeah, I mean – it's great to see diversity in hockey for sure. I think that's like the main point uh, along with, you know, celebrating our history because I'll be honest, I think that the caps and I haven't done any research on this, but like the caps seem to have, you know, a lot of black players relative to, yeah. to other teams. You know? I mean, like the, the number 11 does sound very low. Right. Um, but I think, you know, that, uh, the the organization does a good job of highlighting the players that have been there and they're doing very well reaching out to the community to help build you know give kids more opportunities that may not have had those opportunities and these guys who have played there help inspire that and, you know they have done community outreach themselves so sure. I, th- I think these players and the organization are all doing very well and you know these 11 guys, everything that they've done, it doesn't matter how many games they've played, they all did something very special getting to where they did. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, good job, Polly. I think we uh, I think we did them a good service here, or at least a good uh, paid paid good tribute in that sense. I hope service. so. Uh, they deserve it. So absolutely. I hope they, if they ever hear, if you guys are listening, shout us out. We'd love to have you on. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh congrats on your careers and here's to more great futures for, or I don't know, 
more great years in the future for the Capitals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and getting, you know, minorities and other people of color and, and black players in general, more recognition and getting them in here, man. Uh, I think that, you know, I truly do believe that hockey's for everyone. It's, it's not a, you know, I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but obviously looking at me, not the archetype for a hockey player yet, you know, I am, a. I've, I do have the genetic build build up of, of a power athlete, uh, yeah. which can I just say real quick, Polly, you told me that your 23 and me results came in and what did they say? Did they say that you have the muscle composition of a power elite power athlete? No, they actually said that my, I think the words are my muscle composition is not found in elite power athletes. Like, that that is like a specific thing that I was told. All right, Capstans. Well we hope you 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 know liked our, our segments. Obviously the, the O V and Crosby one is, is a is a big one and but more importantly the uh you know paying tribute to the diversity that the Washington Capitals have had in their lineup is, is huge. So um you know we obviously strive to kind of include everybody and, and not leave anybody out. Um, so we hope that that kind of shines through in this segment. And, you know, I guess that's, that's really it. Paul, you got anything else? No, I don't, I don't think so. Just, uh, you know, if you like what we say, check out our social and, uh, interact with us. We, we love interaction. Absolutely. And Caps fans, I mean, you know, there's tons of places uh, to do some due diligence research if you want to, like, contribute uh, to anything with, uh, I don't know, I mean, with, in the sense of helping spread the game, uh, whether it be with, you know, in the minorities or not, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But uh, spread it as in the sense of just being able to spread the game in as in many avenues as possible. So, until next week, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes. Sign off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.